Welcome to the Ada Kappa New Podcast Career Conversations. In this series of podcasts, the Young Alumni Group of Ada Kappa New Honor Society brings together experts to have career conversations about the challenges of being a professional today. The diverse group of hosts engage a range of guests and experiences in search of valuable guidance. Today, I'm your host, Drew Lowry. I'm a senior member of the IEEE and of Ada Kappa News alumni team, who are all part of a group of engineers and computer scientists navigating our careers, sharing our conversations about work, life, family, and having it all. ...of government relations um, at IEEE USA. Hi, Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Drew. This is, this is a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate you letting me be part of it. Okay, awesome. So um, a little bit about the podcast, obviously, this is focused towards um, the Ada Kappa New members of, of IEEE and, and the, basically in the first 10 years of, of their career. So, you know, can you give us a little bit of a background about you, about IEEE USA, um, about what you're doing up on uh, Capitol Hill with your team and uh, why Ada Kappa New members um, should be interested in that? Sure. Um, well, first of all, as you mentioned, I uh, work for IEEE USA. That's the piece of IEEE that represents IEEE members in region one through six, the United States make an important distinction there. I work for IEEE members in the United States, not American IEEE members. Uh, we represent everybody in, inside regions one through six. Uh, and my particular department, the government relations department, uh, is the eyes, ears, and voice of technology professionals uh, in Washington and with the US government. Uh, and so what my team does, we try, we, we do work directly with members of Congress, their staff, members of the executive branch, sometimes the judiciary. We work with the press and the broader American public to encourage the government to do things that are technically sound and that are in the interest of technology professionals. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great honor to work with for IEEE members. Uh, and from Medicapa News perspective, there's two things. One is there are tremendous career opportunities in the policy space, that is working with the government, with governments to implement technology policy and technological solutions to societal problems. Um, but also within IEEE USA itself, there are tremendous opportunities uh, for volunteers to get involved, IEEE members who are interested in policy questions. Um, it's a lot of fun. Every now and then we do, you know, we change the world here, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's also a great way to meet technical professionals in different parts of the country, in different fields, with different backgrounds. So to broaden your network within the engineering profession beyond your, the little uh, niche you've carved out for yourself. Uh, and so we welcome participation from all IEEE members in the United States. Again, not all American IEEE members, anybody in region one through six. And we have a lot of fun. And so I'd welcome Eta Kappa new members who are interested in policy to, uh, to let us know. So some of the policy and career opportunities that, that you were talking about, um, you know, when, when you think about that in, in the terms of the, the, the broad media news, you know, um, that, that seems like something that, that engineers typically, um, don't get involved in. Um, there's, 
you know, it's it's there's no engineering spin on, on any of the news. So so like what what is it that what are some of the policy objectives and the policy topics that that are important to um, engineers today and and that that you talk about on you know a daily or a regular basis in Washington? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the news, the, the message you would clearly get is run. You know, don't don't get involved in this because it's messy, it's nasty, and it's unpleasant. And parts of it are, but if if you really look at what Congress, what the United States government, and what governments all over the world are struggling with now, the policy challenges that are confronting them, a huge percentage of them require an understanding of technology, things like cryptocurrency, things like artificial intelligence, quantum computing, alternative energy. Uh, you know, the question is how are we going to power the planet? How are we going to power society? Well, how are policymakers supposed to answer that question if they don't understand how the electrical grid works or how a generator works or how a solar panel works? And the answer is they're going to try to solve the problem, but it's going to go poorly unless they have somebody to explain it to them. And so when you talk about careers in the policy space, there's kind of two buckets you can think about. There are the people that actually implement technological solutions. Um, you know, the, the actual regulators at the U.S. Department of Treasury who are figuring out what to do with cryptocurrency. Some of those folks have a technical background. Some of those folks have to have a technical background to make sense of it. Uh, and so there are lots of opportunities in that space. You know, you think of NASA uh, employs a huge number of engineers to actually build spaceships, which I think we can all agree is pretty cool. Beyond that, though, there's the policy. OK, so we now know how to build a spaceship. That's really cool and awesome. But we need someone to figure out a system for regulating a commercial space industry that has multiple companies with multiple launch locations all over the country doing different things at different times with different vehicles and filling up outer space with various pieces of equipment. Somebody's got to figure out how to coordinate all this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's policy. That's not how to build a spaceship. It's how to make a space industry work. Somebody needs to do that too. And if that somebody understands the space industry, that helps. Um, same thing with things like cybersecurity. Uh, we need people to actually create cyber defenses and build you know, systems that protect hospitals and water treatment plants and all the other things that we need to protect from cyber attacks. But somebody also has to come up with a policy. Um, what do companies have to do? How does the government respond to this? Those folks, we need lawyers to do that. We need bureaucrats to do that. But you also need engineers who understand the technology. Uh, and so there's tremendous opportunities in the career space to get involved in technology policy at all sorts of different levels. And I think a lot of engineers kind of know about the first bucket, but they don't think about the second one. Uh, and there are a lot of IEEE members earning good money, having very rewarding, successful careers doing policy work. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a very good point because it's something that that you don't really think of as an engineer. You kind of, you know, I look more on the technical development side, the uh, scientific method side, um, and trying to figure out how to, you know, make something, get it from its conception to where somebody could use it. And I really don't think um, much about who should use it, why they should use it, and where they should use it. So it's it's very um, it's very interesting uh, to think about sides 
from that point of view. Um, specifically, you know, you had mentioned in the AI, the alternate energy and the crypto fields, because the cryptocurrency fields, because we hear a lot about that um, from the technical point of view, you know, how a, how a, an artificial robot um, could mm -hmm. be developed or how they can um, manage to, to transform from, from one you know, generation to the next or, or cryptocurrencies, the technical background. But once we've released that to the public, um, you know, what happens and, and where the guidance um, kind of will go from there from a technical and a non-technical uh, point of view. So that's that's those are really interesting concepts. Do you think those, you know, if we're talking about new and upcoming policy initiatives, especially on the the technology side of things, do you think that crypto AI and alternative energy are kind of some of the main fields of interest for for the U.S. U.S. engineers and policy, or or do you think there's other things that are kind of of interest as well? Well, there's 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 a uh... At our USA, we have an incredibly broad agenda that we're trying to work on Capitol Hill. So there's lots of different issues that we work about beyond the three you mentioned. Um, not all of them are you know, active right now, uh, but you get into 5G and some of the, the internet policy uh, uh, space. We have research and development policy, um, both in the academic setting and you know, kind of tech transfer issues. Um, we have a whole interesting conversation now dealing with supply chain issues uh, and uh, computer chip manufacturing, um, which was not on our radar a couple of years ago and is now taking up a significant amount of our time. We do a lot of work with small businesses, particularly small tech companies. How can the government help? Them? So there's, there's a really wide variety of issues. Um, the three you mentioned, I think, are kind of three of the bigger ones. Um, crypto's kind of a niche issue but it's fascinating. So I love talking about it. Uh, it's, it's a totally new thing. I don't think we entirely understand what it is yet. And it's not just cryptocurrency. It's also blockchain technology more generally. Um, and the government, governments all over the world, I was actually listening to a conversation uh, with some uh, legislators in Europe, with, with the EU, having the exact same conversation about blockchain technology as members of the United States Congress are having. What is it? Can we use it? Should we ban it? And they don't really know, um, which makes it quite exciting. Uh, energy, of course, is, is a very long, old issue. Uh, you know, we, humanity has been struggling with this for quite a long time and will continue to for quite a long time. Um, but there's a lot of interesting policy issues in there, um, not just how do we generate electricity, but what kind of energy? How do we distribute it? How do we make sure it's fair and just? A lot of interesting things going on there with modern technology. Um, but AI is perhaps one of the most interesting and important areas. Congress is focusing on it every day. The administration is focusing on it. Everybody knows artificial intelligence has enormous potential to change society. They're not entirely sure which way that's going to go, though. Is it good? Is it bad? Are we going to destroy humanity? Are we going to make you know, society, a utopia, probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but there's some really meaty policy questions about that. You know, you That's, can build a system that thinks for itself, which is great, but you got to make sure that, I mean, it can think the wrong things just as easily as the right things. Uh, the, a classic example is um, the banking industry uses AI to do mortgage approvals. 
so that people don't actually have to look at the applications, which is fantastic. It's quick, it's efficient, it's fair because all the applications are being treated the same, except that it wasn't. The way that they originally programmed the AI, it was creating a, a bias against people in certain neighborhoods, which wasn't okay. Mm. So it's not just a simple matter of how you do it. You then have to ask yourself, are we doing it the right way? Are we being just? Not a question engineers ask, ask themselves very often. Uh, is this system just? Is it fair? Is it equitable? Um, and those are interesting questions that need to be answered. And here's the, the bottom line with all this, Drew. IEEE members are developing incredible technology uh, that are doing amazing things, and in some cases, creating new companies, and in some cases, entire new industries. But if the government doesn't get the policy right, it won't work, no matter how good your solution is. And the best example I can think of that is self-driving cars. You know, talking mm -hmm. about AI, a particular part of AI, uh, the technology for self-driving cars is moving ridiculously fast. And, and we're getting, you know, we're not there yet, but we're getting closer than anybody thought we could, faster than anybody thought we could. And it's illegal to drive a self-driving car on most American roads. You have to have a driver and the driver has to be in control. And if you have a car that drives itself and you let it, you're probably breaking the law in most states, which means no matter how good your autonomous car is, if the law says you can't, then you can't. So we need to change the law, which we're working on. But then the question is, how do you change it? What should the law say? What are the regulations? And it gets very complicated very quickly, which makes it interesting. But if we don't get the policy right, the technology will never be right either. And so there's great opportunities to get involved in these spaces, opportunities for individual engineers and also engineers for society to work with those engineers. Excellent. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a really interesting topic too, um, especially the self-driving uh, cars. Because I, I I know when um, certain car company first came out with self-driving um, they uh, uh, algorithms, and they were trying it out in certain areas. Um, one of those towns was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Which is an awesome city. Yes, I had to throw in a plug for Pittsburgh. Um, and Pittsburgh has a very um, local and unique style of driving um, in which they have this maneuver that they call the Pittsburgh left. Um, and that was not really taught to the driving car. So it kind of freaked out and it didn't know what to do um, because, you know, we have to kind of add that intelligence into the AI um, to kind of teach it all these new things. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of problems that will come up with these expert um, defined systems when you don't define them well enough. And well, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was, was going to say the, uh, the, the self-driving car is a prime example for that. And the, the Pittsburgh left is actually an interesting question because fundamentally that's a policy question. Should cars be taught that? You know, in most parts of the country, that's nuts. Now I learned how to drive in Boston and we turn whenever we feel like it. So we're okay with it. But in most places you don't do that. So should cars be taught that? That's a policy question. Um, more important question when you talk about autonomous vehicles is 
when a, an autonomous vehicle is in an accident, who do you sue? I don't know. Uh, do you sue the car manufacturer? Well, if you sue the car manufacturer, because I mean, they're the ones that are kind of technically driving, right? Because it's driving right. itself. But if that's the case, if the car manufacturer can be sued, if one of their cars gets in an accident, then we will never have autonomous vehicles in this country because it will be prohibitively expensive to build them because eventually the car is going to get in an accident. So that doesn't work, but it, is the driver get sued, but the driver wasn't driving. And so it's actually a very complicated policy question, but answering the question is easier if you actually know how to build an autonomous vehicle and know how it works, which most lawyers don't. And so when engineers engage on these questions, we end up with better policy. Right. And that's kind of the whole point of what we're talking about here today. Um, yeah, the, exactly. the engineering side of that. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was the uh, um, different um, IEEE USA ha it has a, a broad um, umbrella of different policy initiatives and um, activities. Um, can you tell us about some of the activities and initiatives that would be available to sure. um, younger members, uh, Ada Kappa Nu members, um, students just coming, student IEEE members just coming out of school who are starting off their career? Um, first of all, for most of our policy activities, we don't care where in your career you are. Um, to be blunt, when we're working with Congress, Congress is run by 20 year olds. And so having a, an IEEE member who is a recent college grad, even just out of undergrad, um, you're probably the same age as the staffers we're working with. And so it actually helps us to have younger IEEE members participate uh, because it's easier to relate to the staffers we're working with. Uh, a couple of, uh, two specific programs I wanna mention, and then kind of one more general program. Uh, the first is our Congressional Visits Day. Uh, every year in the spring, usually early uh, April, late March, early April, we invite every IEEE member in the country to join us for our Congressional Visits Day. This is traditionally, IEEE members come into Washington, D.C. for two days. The first day we train you. The second day we send you up to Capitol Hill to meet with your uh, two senators and your representatives. You'll have a meeting in their personal office, usually, but not always, with staff. We actually meet with a fair number of legislators to talk about whatever policy issues you're worried about. Next year, in 2022, it will be, again, a virtual meeting, which is what we did in 2021, where we you will have basically a Zoom call with your legislators. Not quite as cool. You don't get to go to Capitol Hill. But we actually had a lot more members of Congress join us for the conversations last year or this year uh, than we did when they were in person. And we had a lot more people participate. Uh, that date will be set sometime in December, and the event itself will be in March, April. It's free to all IEEE, uh, all IEEE members, and we encourage all IEEE members, current students, international students, um, to participate. And the more we get, the better. That's our Congressional Visits Day. For students who are really interested in getting involved in the policy world, uh, I strongly encourage you to look at the IEEE Congressional and State Department Fellows programs. Uh, IEEE USA fellows, they're different than IEEE fellows. Um, the pro how the program works is we essentially hire three, two to four, usually three IEEE members a, a year to work on Capitol Hill for a year or to work with the State Department for a year. 
And for that year, you are a full-time, regular, same as everybody else, congressional staffer working for a member of Congress on Capitol Hill. It is a life-changing opportunity. It will totally ruin your engineering career because you'll get sucked in. Um, but you'll learn more in one year than you did in four years in college. State Department is similar. You become a, you, you're a State Department employee, uh, and you can do some really cool things. Uh, we had a former fellow spend her year traveling the world, working with foreign governments to set up bio detect, bioterrorism detection systems. We had another IEEE fellow at the State Department who was actually at the table with negotiations with the Russian government over pipelines in Eastern Europe, uh, which was actually cool because he was the only one in the room that knew how a pipeline worked, which was a huge advantage for the United States. Um, that's the kind of cool stuff you get to do. So awesome. if you're really interested in having your career screwed up and going in a very innovative dis- direction, which will totally confuse your parents, uh, check out our fellows program. It, it truly is one of the best programs in Washington, D.C. That sounds uh, pretty amazing um, yeah. because you actually get to take what you've learned in school and not only apply it to make something cool, but also to kind of dictate and guide how it's being used in the world. Yeah. A, a little bit different. If you're not interested in you know changing your entire life and career track, uh, IEEUSA has a series of policy committees. These are committees of volunteers that look at particular policy problems. We have one on AI, uh, research development, communication policy, transportation policy, which includes space. If you're really interested in kind of dabbling in policy and learning more about it, uh, I encourage you to contact me. Um, we can put you on one of our policy committees. It's open to all IEEE members in the United States. Uh, it's a volunteer thing. So you know, you're not committing your entire life to it, um, but you talk about the policies that IEEE-USA as an organization supports and help determine what it is that we as an organization think about them. Uh, And then the staff then takes them, those policies you develop up to Capitol Hill and tries to convince people to do them. Uh, And so we're always looking for more volunteers and we welcome any Atacapa new member who's interested uh, to let us know. That's great. And we'll go ahead and drop your name and your email down in the uh, information section so uh, people can get a get a hold of you when they need to. And I know, uh, Russ, one thing that you do, um, because you've you've done it in my section before, is you also give IEEE, IEEE to Kappa New members legislative updates on on what's going on on Capitol Hill, what's the the latest and greatest in the world of policy, kind of your, the, the IEEE's pulse on, on policy in Washington. Um, do you have a brief update that you can give us uh, on um, what's been going on the last, uh, you know, few months and, and kind of what we can expect to see in the future? Uh, they're yelling at each other a lot. See, now the great thing about that update is it doesn't matter when this podcast is published because it will still be true. Uh, no, it's actually some really cool stuff going on on Capitol Hill. It's kind of hidden. You can't, gotta, can't look at the headlines because they don't cover the technical stuff. But beneath it, there's some cool stuff going on. Um, there are proposals floating through Congress, for example, a, a proposal from Senator Chuck Schumer from New York uh, called the Endless Frontier Act, uh, which would direct new research money from the government at technology create new rules and new programs to better transfer technological innovation out of the national labs and out of academia into the private sector, particularly working with smaller technology and manufacturing companies, uh, and has new money for workforce development at all levels of the workforce. 
uh, to help prepare people for careers in the STEM fields. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. It's a lot of money and it's some re beyond the money. It's some really good policy changes to make the American economy more innovative. Uh, on a less good note, uh, there is legislation, uh, excuse me, language buried in the infrastructure bill that Senator, uh, President Biden just signed into law, which is going to make it much, much harder for crypto companies to operate in the United States. Uh, it was an example of what happens when lawyers write technology law without help from technologists. They, they didn't mean to do it, but they got it wrong. Uh, and we're going to be working closely with Congress to try to get that fixed. Uh, always some innovative stuff going on in space. Space policy is incredibly exciting right now. The U.S. is changing how humanity gets into space. We're moving from a system that's almost entirely the government doing it to a, a, a space program based on the private sector. If we can find a way to get into orbit profitably instead of spending billions of dollars, the whole calculation for space exploration changes. And Musk and Bezos and some of the other guys are very close to doing it. And that's really exciting. Uh, and so there's some great policy work going on there, some great policy opportunities there uh, that's quite exciting. If anybody listening would like to get updates like that with more detail, regularly I do a podcast every other Thursday. Um, it's on YouTube and it's the recording of it is on the IEEUSA website. I encourage you to join us. Okay. My next update is December 2nd. Thank you, Russ. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing that there's so much going on and um, basically anybody can be involved with it if you reach out and, and make yourself involved with it. So mm -hmm. um, again, thank you for taking some time um, joining us today. Russell Harrison uh, from IEEE USA, uh, Director of Government Relations. Government Relations. There we go. Um, Thanks, Drew. I, always great to work with Ada Kappa Nu. It's one of my favorite parts of IEEE, and so I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, thank you. Um, again, I'm your host, Drew Lowry, and thank you for joining this episode of HKN's Career Conversations. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our YouTube channel, and also find us at www.hkn.org. See you next time. <laughs>